This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This segment is sponsored by Dell Technology Small Business Virtual Podference, which starts May 10th. Whether you're still working remotely or back together again, let Dell Technologies help safeguard your business with modern devices and Windows 11 Pro. Live from the Fireside app, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Joe's mom's cousin Diana, and today we're talking about couples and money, which is fine. I'm totally fine since my breakup with neighbor Doug years ago, you know, mostly after I blocked him on all social media platforms. So yeah, let's talk about couples. Here to help you people in the retirement commercials figure out how to share your money because someone to share your life with isn't enough. From Simplify and Enjoy, L. Martinez. From LenPenzo.com, it's Adam of Adam and Eve. Just kidding, it's Len Penzo. And here to help you espouse better financial habits, OG. Together, they'll be answering my bitter, bitter trivia. And now, a guy who's going to help you pair your dream with the financial habits to get you there, Joe Salcihai. We do our best, Diana. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Stacky Benjamin Show. We're so happy we can help you finish your week with a little fun, a little roundtable chat, and some goodness maybe to help your friends uh, plan a better wedding. We got some wedding etiquette stuff that we're going to start off with, but then hopefully we're going to make your wedding experience a little bit uh, less expensive, a little more on track. But uh, before we do any of that, Diana... I, I just got to know those days when you were dating neighbor Doug, worst two days or best two days of your entire life? Uh, it's a mixed bag, Joe. You know, <laughs> there were some high moments, some low moments. It seems like, you know, it was so long ago. But then, you know, all of this stuff about couples on today's episodes just really got me fired up. Just brings it back. I know there's one other thing you're fired up about that I want to talk about quickly here. Uh, in less than a year, we've got another economy conference. Can you believe it, Joe? Yes. In March of 2023, the exact dates are the 17th through the 19th and planning is underway. Get this 10 months away, but we're already at over 35% capacity. Yeah. So these tickets are going to sell out. Absolutely. And if you missed it two years ago, like I did, shame on you. If you missed it last year, like we didn't, well, shame on you again. (laughs) And you definitely want to make sure that you now do you have a bigger capacity for next year than you had last year or the same? 
It's the same, but I think with, you know, COVID restrictions not being, you know, being alleviated that we're going to do much better. Our capacity is 560 and we had over 400 last year. So this 2023 is the year we're going to sell out. I can feel it in my bones. I think you're going to sell out in the next few months. You'll you'll sell out as soon as people hear this episode. That's when you'll sell out. (laughs) But here's a guy who's not a sellout. Mr. OG is here. How do you like that? Is that a good intro to you, OG? I'm I'm 35% booked to my own conference too. So <laughs> Perfect. I, it's it's just me. Capacity just of me. one and you're 35% invested I'm 35% in 35% of the way there. That's right. Absolutely. How expensive was your wedding? As it was no less than exactly 20 years ago, I have not the foggiest idea. So I cannot <laughs> wait to talk about this. He can never confirm nor deny that he even had a wedding that involved a oh, shotgun. No, I was there. No, you, yes. Uh, Mr. Lampenzo's here. He got married, I think, the year the wheel was invented. Uh, how much was your wedding, Mr. Penzo? I, I think the grand total, I think we spent uh, $6,000. Okay. Well, $6,000 so, in today's dollars is probably a lot. That included the ring. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Holy, holy cow. <laughs> right out of the Cracker Jack box. Yes. Wait a minute. I never told you about this. At my wedding, I actually pulled the ring out of a Cracker Jack box. I should have sent the video to America's Funniest Videos because uh, even the, uh, the minister would, didn't know what the heck was going on. <laughs> You you literally, when it came time for the ring, you, what, the best man took out a Cracker Jack box? The best man, he he started patting his, his chest like, where's the ring? He And then he looked to the next, the groomsman, and the next groomsman looked to the next groomsman. They went all the way down the line to the last groomsman. The, the last groomsman pulls out a Cracker Jack box out of his jacket, and then they pass it all the way back to the best man, and he opened up the Cracker Jack box, and there was the ring. That's fabulous. And and did the honeybee know that was coming? No. She had no idea. Did she love it or hate it? Oh, she loved it. Oh, it was great, man. That was a, the, it brought the house down, actually. That is fantastic. And the woman who we expect to bring the house down on this podcast, El Martinez, joins us from Simplified and Joy. How are you? I'm doing well, and hopefully I won't bring the house down with my audio technical issues, but uh, I'm excited about this topic. I wasn't even going to bring those up, Al. Not that we <laughs> had to figure out for the first 15 minutes of this exactly how to get this to work, but let's talk about a couple things. Did you have an expensive wedding? No, we did not. Actually, my husband and I got married in college. Well, he just had graduated the year before and I was wrapping up and we were going to have a very inexpensive wedding and we did have family chip in, I think, all together with everyone contributing. I think it was around lens, uh, $6,000. Wow. 15 and a half years ago. Well, that's... Including the ring, L. Including the ring? Not including the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Len, just considering the fact that you got married 75 years ago... <laughs> It just the cost is probably still pretty comparable. All right. We've got a great show for you today. We're talking weddings here in uh, the season of weddings. We got OG here. We got Len here. We got special guest El Martinez. We got Diana. Let's get today's party started. But first, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. 
State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, now we can get today's party started. Well, today we have a great piece that uh, Paulette Perhatch, the amazing writer, sent to us. And this is all about registries. And this is a a Forbes piece written by uh, Danielle Braff back in early May. And this piece is not at all about just uh, making weddings less expensive. It's actually about wedding etiquette. And I want to start with this because the piece says on registries, more couples are asking to show them the money. Uh, Elle, we'll start with you. Why the heck would somebody just come out and ask for cash instead of gifts at a wedding? Well, I have to be honest. I kind of dug it when I saw that article. I thought, you know, honestly, what's the point of giving gifts or registry? You're wishing the couple well on this next journey. And what do they need? Traditionally, you know, with uh, registries, we get stuff for around the house. But I think a lot of couples, especially now when they're getting married, what stage in their life, this is a practical way that can help out. I just think uh, we're going to have to learn how to do it with finesse and style because I think it's right now in the awkward stage, how to set that up. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think about the fact that, and this is P said to your point, that people are getting married later. They often have a lot of the household items that people got as gifts. So maybe this does need to change. Uh, Len, when you were looking at this piece, did you think, wow, asking for cash, that's a good thing or a, or a bad thing? No, I'm with Elle. I thought it was I thought it was a good thing, especially because people are getting married older and they tend to have more things. I see absolutely nothing wrong at all 
requesting in a clever way, I guess, cash. I think that's perfectly acceptable. I don't see the difference between cash and, say, putting a registry out and saying, well, I need, you know, bed sheets or steak knives or what have you. Yeah. You know, I see no difference whatsoever. I don't understand why asking for steak knives or bed sheets is not considered crass or in the words of a Jody Smith, who's an author and the founder of Manor Smith in this piece, she's in, which is an etiquette consulting company in Massachusetts. She says, while specifically requesting cash is quite gosh uh, or crass, I guess to use another word. Uh, she says, savvy couple can gently direct guests toward a monetary gift. But Len, if I want a set of steak knives, I don't have to gently direct people toward the, <laughs> toward the steak knives. No, it's totally acceptable to put together a registry with all kinds of stuff on it, ranging from steak knives to I've seen some registries with some very, very expensive items on them where I'd say, well, hopefully that's coming from a grandmother or grandparents or because it was so expensive. So again, it's just how you do it, I guess. You just got to get clever. And they talk about this in the article. You have to get clever about, I think, how you ask or or just – you know, just don't come out and say, hey, just send us 50 bucks, everybody, or 100 or 200 bucks, you know. Don't just come out and say that, but... Well, let's see. There. Oh, gee, are you on board with this, that it's okay to ask for cash? Uh, it kind of feels weird, I think. I wonder what the, the stats are on in terms of the amount of gifts versus cash anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty lazy, so I would just write a check regardless of what you said. You, If you said you wanted the steak knives, I would be like, cool, well, here's 71 cents. Go buy as many steak knives as you can. Um, <laughs> Perfect. But <laughs> Don't spend it all in one place, young man. But I wonder what like the, the ratio of cash to gifts is anyway. And if it's not, if it, if it's not already happening, you know what I mean? Are most people just giving cash anyway? And it would just be too weird to talk about the pink elephant that's in the room as opposed to just being okay with it being there, you know? I don't know. It seems a little weird to be like, on my registry are $100 bills. That's what I would like. You know what, OG? Because my niece is getting married here in June in uh, Chicago. And she has a registry. And I've, the honeybee and I, we've already had our discussion about, I said, let's give her cash and... The honeybee is saying, yeah, but she's put out a registry. Let's get her the stuff on the registry. So we're, we're already kind of at loggerheads over which way to go. I still think cash is the way to go regardless of the registry. But. I know your relationship, though. You're losing that, Len. <laughs> what, what's that? I said, I know your relationship. You're losing that argument, my friend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're absolutely right. There. You're, you're giving something off the registry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's coming. Yeah. D- Diana, I know when we were prepping for today's episode, you were all about the cash. Oh, yeah, totally. I guess for me, I just don't see the difference. For example, I'm going to a wedding here in just about a month. I'm going to my cousin's wedding. And so I went on her wedding website and I hop on her registry and I'm like, okay, what is the thing on this registry that's like about a hundred dollars, right? So I'm looking for a gift about a hundred dollars, and there was like a meat thermometer for a hundred dollars. <laughs> I'm like, what? sure, whatever. You know what I mean? Like it was like one of the last things on there. Nothing and I'm like, says okay. I've really put a lot of thought and energy. <laughs> I literally into your wedding no. gift then. Yeah, you got I, the meat thermometer from right. cousin Diana. Yeah, I literally put no thought and energy. When you think into of it meat because, in the appropriate yeah. temperature. Yeah, think of well, me. a lot of meat. 
Or, I mean, is that like a thing they do? Barbecue? I have no idea, honestly. (laughs) It's just like distant family. To me, if I would have went on her registry and it said like, thank you so much for wanting to give us a gift. If you're so inclined, you know, we have everything we need already. Why don't you help us pay for our honeymoon? I've done that before. I had a friend who she had that on her registry. You could actually contribute to the cost of their honeymoon. And I was like, yeah, this is great. And that I immediately picked that. But don't you think that meet the maybe that is a honeymoon a honeymoon <laughs> aid? <laughs> could be. Could be. We're really getting creative here, Lynn. You could you just gave the you just gave the meat thermometer industry a whole new marketing approach. The like meat thermometers, not just for meat anymore. Not time yet, honey. Hold on. I mean, now I'm regretting getting this damn meat thermometer. I should have just written her a check. I'm 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 also I also I just want to write the thank you note that says, Thank you so much for coming to my wedding and for the special gift of a meat thermometer. <laughs> you know, when you're giving cash just to try to bring this back around, <laughs> how the hell am I going to bring this back around? But, but when you're giving cash, what is the amount of cash that you give? Do you, I mean, does it depend, Elle, on how well you know them? If it's your cousin that wants a meat thermometer, or if it's a distant relative or just a friend, like how much cash do you think is the right amount of money if you're going to go that route versus going the other way? Well, I think this is part of the now new stage, figuring this out if we're going to be out in the open about the the money. I want to say I do appreciate like in that article, there were a couple examples where they explicitly said how they were going to use it, uh, buying a home. I think that's something that people get excited about. And I'm guessing that maybe people would be putting in a little bit more money than they anticipated you know, going with a traditional registry, because this is a goal that I think is hopefully long lasting. They get um, a home together. It is something that makes economic sense. I'm a practical gift giver. Uh, and yet I don't understand the meat thermometer. Oh, gee, uh, does, oh, gee, wait a minute. Does that make it less weird for you if it's A, not a meat thermometer, but also B, if they're telling you what they're using the cash for? Like Elle was mentioning the piece, you know, in this piece that people talked about, hey, we want to do a down payment on a house. If they tell you, please help us with the down payment on the house, does that make it less, I don't know no. what the word is, icky or weird? or No. It doesn't. No. I think it kind of makes it worse, actually. Really? Yeah. Like the whole, help me pay for my honeymoon. I feel, it feels so slimy. Like, no, pay for your own honeymoon. But why does that But here's $100 why that, for your wedding. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> you know, it's like. It's why, does that, a, why does that feel slimier than get them knives? I don't know. I don't want to get them knives. I'm going to get money anyway. And why are knives okay and not a damn meat thermometer? <laughs> I didn't say it wasn't you guys, okay. I just, you I just guys are making funny. me feel bad about. She put it on her registry. She wanted that. Did, did no. you? He actually, wanted that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one he got the little gun thing did, for at did, Target. Did you? Did you actually get the meat thermometer? I really did, and you guys are making me like rethink this choice. No, well, you know what? Like, we, we smoke a lot of meat, and I—I I mean, we have a meat thermometer, and I'm thinking, like, what kind of thermometer is a hundred dollars? It's not you. I'm just. Trying to figure out what's is it gold? I'm just trying to figure that out. I'm sorry. It was a snazzy one. I'll send you a link. Snazzy <laughs> said so on the box. It's, a, it's snazzy meat thermometer. It's, 
I, I got to say, I got married a long time ago and we have gifts that we remember the people. I remember my, my Aunt Marie and Uncle Dave gave us this awesome griddle that we still use today. And I think of Aunt Marie and Uncle Dave every time I use that. So every time they pull out the meat thermometer, Diana, they're going to think of you, which I... Yeah, but would you think of the same, would you think of them the same way if they said, here's $72, go get your own griddle? I don't think I would. Yeah, you wouldn't have any Yeah, I, you've nailed it because I, you know, I actually did an article on this just recently where I highlighted seven items from my marriage, which is now going to be you know, 26 years ago. And I've still – these are modest gifts, and I remember who gave me those gifts, just like your griddle, Joe. I remember who gave me our saucepan and our bed sheets and those steak knives – and uh, I remember those things. So, you know, I know Elle said earlier that cash and gifts, there's no difference. There, the difference is you do attach some sentimental uh, feelings towards those gifts, especially the ones that can last for a long time. But how do you make up for that then, Elle? Because it seems to me there might be ways to make up for that, like a funny, I don't know, a funny card or something that comes with the gift of cash. I think you can always personalize it, but I have to say, if it's something that's significant to them, again, this is a celebration of their, you know, their marriage and hopefully nice, long, happy life. They're telling you what's important to them. I would feel awkward if they just asked for cash. But then again, it's a situation. Are they young, um, just starting out and that that money is used for an emergency fund and kind of gives them that cushion so they can explore their career and that can lead to a lifetime of happiness? You know, we received cash as part of our gifts and it made a huge difference, you know, having that safety net. It wasn't a significant amount of money, but it really didn't matter to us at that time. If you're chipping in for the house, I mean, have some fun with it, with the card mentioned, you know, by the way, I'm going to claim the guest room since I contributed right. or something like that. You right. know, like, I, you know, I hope, uh, you know, this is like a timeshare. I'm going to claim, you know, Je- <laughs> July or something like that. Just have fun. I don't see anything wrong with them saying, hey, this is something we're excited about or thrilled about. Quite frankly, like here in Raleigh, houses just in the last three years have exploded in price. So if a couple, you know, said, hey, this is something we really would like to do soon, I would be all for it and support it. Brooke Miller, the amazing author of our 201 newsletter, hanging out with us as we do this live. Brooke says, I've seen cash as the norm lately and usually see it on the registry listed as a honeymoon fund or a new house fund. So she's seeing it all over the place. OG, when you give cash, I'll I'll ask you that same question. Is there a set amount of money that you think about giving? Do you have a rule of thumb based on how close you are to them? Yeah, kind of. We, as it's kind of sort of that season, right? It's, I think this is true for confirmations, graduations, the different, you know, levels of graduation, high school, college, whatever, weddings, that sort of thing. So we think about this at the beginning of the year in our family, like, okay, this circle of family, this is what everybody's going to get and, you know, kind of go from there. But then also I think it all, it, it kind of depends on the location and how close the person is, what the venue is if it's a wedding out of town and and I'm traveling and I've got to bring the family and we're staying in a hotel for a couple of nights, you know, that's going to change to not their benefit. <laughs> the gift <laughs> the, amount. The harder, it, you know. the more money it costs you to get there, the less money they're getting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and but by the same token, I will also, in, you know, take into consideration the family relationship and, you know, the niceness of the place, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that. But I do think about like how much it probably costs per person to eat there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't want to be thinking, well, this is a $30 a plate dinner. I've got me and my three snot nosed kids and here's 50 bucks, you know, <laughs> right. like just kind of 
kind of sort of put that in the in the calculation, so to speak. Yeah, Len, let's finish this segment with you. Any calculation that goes through your head when you're given a cash gift? Well, like like OG said, it comes down to, you know, family, obviously. Closer to the family, the more it's going to be. You know, the further away you are from relation, you know, the less it's going to be. But again, like OG said, you got to kind of look at if they're putting out a quite a spread, you know, you don't want to jip them so they're net loss. You want to give so, your fair share. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to end the first half right there, the talking wedding etiquette. Second half of the show, we're going to have uh, L, OG, and Len share some of their best tips for making your wedding maybe less expensive, spending a little less money on having still a great day. But before we get to that, every Friday in the middle of this show, we have a uh, big time challenge going on between our three contributors, Len OG and uh, Paula Pant from Afford Anything. L, you're playing on behalf of Paula today. And L, in our year-long contest, we keep track of how everybody's doing. They're playing for this absolutely horrible trophy at the end of this year. And in terms of Team L and Paula, I've got some good news and some bad news. Which one would you like first? I'm going to start with, let's go with the bad news. Let's yeah, good idea. We'll get the bad news out of the way. You're in last place. Uh, but you, you and Paula have uh, five and a half points from a tie with OG earlier in the season. But uh-huh. the good news is you're only one point behind OG and you're only a point and a half behind Len. So Len has seven, OG with six and a half, Paula with five and a half. So things can definitely change today. The other good news is because you're in last, that means you also get to guest last, L. So you get to see what Len and OG put out there. So Len will guess first and OG will guess second. Paula will guess third, but you know what? We have to have a trivia question. And for that, Diana, we rely on you. So here we go. Let's do some trivia. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's cousin, Diana. Relationships, who needs them? Am I right? Not me. I'm single by choice. Not because of any podal fungus issue or because I suffer a near daily rage cry at the weather report or because I let my seven cats sleep on my bed with their litter boxes. But for you losers who like someone enough to let them trick you into sharing closet space, there's help for figuring out how to also pay for their groceries. You know you're going to have to. The ultimate question is to combine bank accounts or to not combine bank accounts. I don't know how you people do this, but apparently a lot of you do. So my question is, according to a 2020 nerd wallet survey conducted online by the Harris poll among more than 1500 U.S. adults who have a significant other, what percentage combine their finances at least partly? I'll be back right after I go make sure Bumble is still filled with a bunch of losers. All right. While Diana goes and does that, we'll get everybody's opinion here. So, Len, we're starting with you. What percentage yeah. of new couples combine their finances at least partly? Yeah, that at least partly part is kind of, I think, the key. That kind of suggests to me it's quite a bit. Uh, let's say again, though, I got to be kind of strategic here because I got OG following me and L following, uh, I'm going to say 77%. 
77 percent uh not a very well-rounded number my friend yeah that, that's to make the math harder for for og and l deal well og is the math harder if he says 77 versus 75 no because <laughs> the number's higher uh i'm gonna say uh i think it's higher than 77 i'm gonna go um 86. 86% for OG. Well, L, they give you a little room between the two of them. Is it higher than OG with 86, lower than Len, or somewhere in the middle? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm leaning more towards Len. I feel like there's a lot of couples now doing separate finances. But at the same time, when you say partial... I feel like there's a majority, at least with the shared bills and expenses. So you said 77. Okay. Oh, man. Can't say a dollar. That's the price is right. Um, Yeah, you can. You can say a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Um, I'm going to go with 75%. Oh, 75. Well, now L claimed everything 75 and below right there. That's how you claim your dollar, L. So you got it. All right. L's at 75, Len's at 77. OG, much higher, 86. We'd love to tell you who's right, but we don't play that way. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they can also be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. Oh, God. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. U.S. Cellular, a company that sells phones, wants us to put down our phones and to see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to Uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Len, you kicked this off with a uh, not a very round number. 77%, you said, of yeah, people I'm, that... uh I'm screwed. Yeah, I'm screwed. I got L's got the low end, and, and unless I you nailed it, nah, I, I I think it's higher actually. I think you got it, OG. Oh, you feeling good, OG? 
Well, not anymore. I don't like it when Len's <laughs> reverse psychology is going downrange. His ninja stuff going on. L, you've got 75% of the map to yourself, though. If it's 75 and below, you've, you're the winner. I'm really hoping I'm the winner. <laughs> <laughs> Can well, I say that? I really want to win. Well, isn't that the obvious thing? I'd be, I'd be afraid if you said, I hope I'm the loser. Well, you know, some sure. people are like, oh, it's that we all have fun. But no, I really want to win. Yeah. Sure do hope that it's my <laughs> moment, but p- probably not. All right, Diana, let's find out uh, who's got this thing. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's cousin, Diana. The dum-dums in La La Loveland hand over their bank account numbers, credit cards, and even cold hard cash. Can no one else see this is a scam? Surprisingly, the young and baggageless seem to be wising up. About half of Generation Z adults, which is ages 18 to 23, keep their finances to themselves. Compared with 23% of millennials aged 24 to 39 and only 20% each of Gen X and baby boomers. But overall, what percentage of people let a practical stranger, even if they're married to them, into their financial lives? Get this. It's 77%, Len. Oh, my freaking God. <laughs> what? Pretty amazing, Mr. Penzo. I think we should get no. double if you hit it right on the mud. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is hard, isn't it, Diana? When, when So Diana and I know the answer, and it's difficult when the very first person says the number. We're like, well, this is over. I <laughs> oh, yeah. I was sitting here thinking, like, like, is he cheating? How did he get that? <laughs> you, you hear Len, like, furiously typing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Because everybody wants this horrible trophy that bad. Yeah. Congratulations, Mr. Penzo. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Len pulls out to a, a bigger lead. So we'll see if OG and Paula can ring him back in next week. But now we're on to our second half of the show where we're talking weddings. And uh, let's make weddings a little bit cheaper. I shouldn't have used the term make weddings cheaper, but let's make weddings less expensive, <laughs> less expensive. So let's cheapen everybody's wedding. No, thank you. Probably don't want that. Second half of our show brought to you by Magnify Money. Ellie, you know what happens when you go to stackingbenjamins.com slash magnify money? Ooh, please tell me. Ooh, you find out that all those brick and mortar products that you use, if you use brick and mortar banks, probably not best in class. There's so much offered online today. If you're not shopping for your banking stuff online, time to begin because Magnify Money lists them all head to head against each other. StackyBenjamins.com slash Magnify Money will tell you all of the great places out there to get your online things. It is we're saving you money with online products. We're also going to save you some money putting on your wedding. And so, L, when you're giving people tips to simplify their life and simplify their wedding and enjoy it, see what I did there? Getting the podcast name integration, huh? You're a pro. I'm just just ninja at this stuff. Uh, but if we want to simplify and enjoy our wedding for less money, L, what's a piece of advice you give to people? 
Well, actually, I'm going to take a page out of Paula's book about, you know, affording anything, but you can't afford everything. I think the first step when you are planning your wedding is deciding what are the pieces of your wedding that are special that you will look back and remember fondly and make sure the money is directed there. It is very easy to just get overwhelmed with everything you could put into the wedding. And I know there are so many TV shows, web websites and everything that inspire you, but it can inspire you to overspend. So my first piece of advice is come up with those two to three things that are absolutely must-haves for your wedding and plan around those. I think that's awesome advice because of the fact that, that to, to your point, I just see people that think I got to go all out on everything because somebody's going to be, you know, I, I don't even know why. I, th- I think we think that um, if we're having the perfect day, we've got to just blow money on every single piece. Len, uh, your best piece of advice for people that are getting married to make it a little less expensive? Oh, gosh. Um well, you got to think outside the box. Um, maybe, for example, in the food arena, um, I had a reader once tell me that uh, she, instead of having going out with a full dinner, they just did dessert. They just served a dessert. They went out to Cold Stone Creamery. I don't know if it's really? a national chain. Really? And they had them cater dessert, and it was much, much cheaper than uh, you know having the full meal, and it. it it went with the cake and it was everybody, you know, everybody thought it was just a great idea. I also had another reader recommend uh, doing a barbecue, actually doing their, you know, you just have family members or whatever. You set up a bunch of barbecues and that's do it that way. And it's a lot cheaper. Also sa- than sa- saved a lot of money and still had yes. something that was memorable, right? Barbecue yes. at a wedding would be pretty memorable. Yep. Oh, gee, how about you, man? Making the wedding a little less expensive? Well, you guys have already taken all the really good answers. So um, I think the obvious one is to have less people. And and it sounds weird. Like, well, no, I've got all these. When we did our wedding, I remember, you know, we just, we've, we like invited people off the street. We're like, it's a party. Let's do it. And it was, it's easy to spend other people's money, you know? So my in-laws are like, no, we have to limit it. And I'm like, cool, you limit your side. Because I just met this dude at the gas station and he looks like a hoot. So he's coming. And, um, we just get, I think, I think with the wedding stuff, it just gets a little too like this second cousin's niece's uncle needs to be there. And it's like, no, he doesn't, you know, that's okay. He can, he doesn't have to be invited. You know, my my roommate, my roommate in college, OG, who, uh, also listens to the show often, uh, my roommate, Joe, he and, and his spouse, they did exactly that. They limited their guest list to 40 people because they really wanted to have an over the top, nice wedding. And I'll tell you, they had a beautiful wedding, but man, they, they had to get really serious about the guest list and it was a wonderful day. Yeah. Basically, you know, all of this stuff costs per head, right? So, you know, the venue is dictated by how big of the group you have and the dinner is how many people you have and how much cake do you need and how many servers and, you know, a staff are need to be at the venue and how much booze is going to be if you have that. And you know, all that stuff is basically a per person type thing. So if you know what that per person cost is and you're trying to save money, just have less people. Just cut it. Um, yeah. We had, we had a great to, to Len's point on the barbecue thing. We had a good friend's wedding just last year, they did the like wedding postponed because of COVID thing. 
And it was great. They had barbecue. And it was, I was like, whoa, this is a nice treat rather than like the meatballs and yeah, stroganoff. Yeah. You know, I was like, yeah, oh, chicken cordon bleu, yeah. Right. Yeah, rubber like, chicken thank dinner. You, Jesus, yeah. real food. This is awesome. <laughs> barbecue and beans. Let's do it. You know, it was great. So I'm sure that was way less expensive than the factory meal, so to speak. Len, back to, back to your point about desserts. I had a member of my family that they were just going to do hors d'oeuvres and they had this nice ice sculpture uh, and they had hors d'oeuvres. The bad news is the venue set it out early and everybody came in and assumed that those were the hors d'oeuvres that they were serving while they were waiting for the bride and groom to get there while they were taking pictures. Uh. (laughs) And everybody ate all the food before they got there. (laughs) And so, yeah. That's when you ordered a couple pizzas for the the wedding party. We ended up having a toast later, just having just a toast. And as they kind of broke it to everybody that you already ate the stuff. You guys had a piece of toast? (laughs) Yes, that's right. They ended up having toast later. <laughs> that's what was left in the kitchen. That's the way to make it less expensive. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you get to shut the party down early because everybody's like, oh, look at the time. 8.05. Yes. <laughs> we got to get out of here. Busy day tomorrow. We get to church early. Might go to both churches. Not sure. So better get to bed early. Got to go. Diana, you may be thinking about this in the future. What are some things you're thinking about to maybe make the wedding less expensive? Elope. <laughs> are you Really? I kind of want to. It's funny, like as an event planner, I think about planning a wedding and there's a lot about it that seems kind of unappealing. The only thing that is like very appealing that comes to mind right now is I'd really love my dog to walk me down the aisle. But other than that, (laughs) I'm just not sure about the whole wedding thing. (laughs) She's got Um, one thing that she's focused on. Yeah. The dog walking her down the aisle. Exactly. But I have been to a number of weddings that were produced on a budget. And uh, one of them was actually a potluck wedding. It was like out in the country and it was just like a sea of crock pots and everybody brought all this different food. And then I went to another wedding in Texas where the bride's father was the mayor of this really small town. And she had her wedding like on the front steps of her childhood home. Oh, wow. So I think like the venue matters a lot too. If there's some significant place, a park or a home or something that isn't, you know, really costly, um, definitely a way to save money. Yeah. So what do they do? Do they knock on the door of the people's house and say, hey, can we have the wedding at your house? No, they they still lived there. And what was so sweet about it was that when she was a little girl, like her and the neighborhood boys would like pretend to get married on those steps. It was country. (laughs) Hey, Diana, I got a guy who's uh, just jumped up on stage here. Our good friend Chris Luger from Heavy Metal Money. Chris, you got a tip to make the wedding less expensive? Hey, how you doing? Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I love to, getting to be face to face for a little bit Minneapolis a few weeks ago. Oh, it was great. Great to have you here. Yeah, it was wonderful. And let's yeah. make weddings a little less expensive. What are you thinking? Actually, I also have a blog post on this at heavymetal.money talking about ways that we did cut cost at our wedding. So I got married back in 1998, so a while ago. We didn't have a pot to piss in, right? I mean, we, we didn't make a lot of money at the time. And one of the big things was the reception hall. We actually had the reception at the church downstairs. And since my wife was a member of the congregation where we got married, we got use of the fellowship hall for free. Oh. Yeah, that was huge savings there. And then another thing, too, you know, like similar to what everyone was saying about keeping the guest list really small. 
for me, it absolutely is. Let's look at quality over quantity. We had about 50 people and it was 50 of close family and friends. And to be honest, now it's been uh, years later and some of those people I never even talk to anymore. Don't even know where they went. Even of the 50 that were there. Yeah. I mean, I have a buddy that was part of my wedding party. <laughs> we had a falling out. Actually, we had a falling out over money, believe it or not. But yeah, I haven't talked to him in 20 years. Oh, man. So yeah, that's like you said, making sure that that guest list is narrowed down. And I think one of the big things, too, is just like invitations and like centerpieces. All that stuff was all DIY. We did all of our own. At the time, my wife was super crafty and would like handmade all 50 invitations and they were beautiful. They were gorgeous. And we printed our own programs and all that stuff. And yeah, we just saved money wherever we could. Yeah, we had a really cool hand-printed program for our wedding. We had, uh, I don't remember what we did for the invitations himself, but I love the idea, if you're crafty, of doing some of that stuff yourself. Al, I'm thinking, as Chris is talking, there's got to be some things that you've seen that really make it maybe not less expensive, but turn weddings into these you know, once of a lifetime moments. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think the goal of any wedding is you want it to be memorable. You wanting it to be meaningful to you guys in reflection. And I was just thinking the last uh, wedding was just a couple of weeks ago. The groom was a huge Star Wars fan. They got married May the 4th. So it was a inside thing for him. But it also brings out a good point. Consider dates that are meaningful that might be off season, off peak season for weddings so that you get kind of both the effects. You get something that is significant to you, a date that means something. And at the same time, if it's off-peak season, you're going to be saving some money. And kind of an auxiliary benefit is it might be a time where others may not be able to join you. So you can, again, keep it a little bit smaller, more intimate. Those who can make it and want to make it will make the effort. And maybe those relatives that you kind of felt bad not inviting but now, you know, it's the balls in their court. If they can't make it, that's fine. No hard feelings. I, I feel like when you get married can have a huge impact on the wedding costs, but also still, you know, make it something personal. I think it's a great place to leave it right there, guys. Let's find out what's going on where you live. And by the way, before we get to that, if you want to see not just this piece, but uh, the show notes for today's show, stackybedjamins.com is the place to go for today's show notes. Find out, uh, well, we're just about to ask everybody what they're doing. So, OG, let's start with you, my friend. Uh, what do you got going on this weekend, big guy? School's out for summer. So we are... Uh Golly, I don't know where I'm going to be when this comes out, but um, you're going to be juggling a lot. I'm going to be doing something, dad, something fun. Dad duty going on. Yeah. Yes. At the beach. Yes. Uh, Mr. Penzo, how about you? What's going on at lenpenzo.com? Did you know I bonds are 9.62% right now? Isn't that so, it? Yeah. It's amazing. And so I actually took the plunge and took advantage of that. I mean, you can't get a darn CD to pay you that much. So. You know, what the hey. Anyway, so I write about that. I write about my adventure buying I-bonds and how we did it and the pros and cons behind them. So It's sad when you got to buy an I-bond though, Len, just to keep up. I, I know. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? But I saw that. I was like, man, that's that's pretty cool. So You just think of the downside of 9.6%, yeah, not, uh, yeah. not phenomenal. Before yes. we get to our guest, L, Diana, thanks for hanging out with us again today. If people want to know more about the Economy Conference, well, and what else you got going on? 
Yeah. Well, since economy, there isn't going to be another event in 2022. It's happening in 2023. So I'm actually going to all the Camp Fi events this year. So fun. And the next one is coming up in Virginia. But you can hang out at your own Camp Fi. Just do a Google search. Yeah. CampFi.org. They're so fun. They are so fun. Did you, you've been to one so far? Oh, I've been to like six or seven. Oh, um, there you're a were campfire groupie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fabulous stuff. You show up to these things with, uh, you know, a group of maybe 30-ish strangers and go home as 30 close friends. Absolutely. Good, good stuff. Speaking of good stuff, Elle, thanks for hanging out with us <laughs> again. It's always so fun, especially when you can figure out where the mute button is. <laughs> it's amazing how technology works. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> well, once we got to figure it out, and what a great topic. And I know that you you talk about all kinds of fun topics that simplify and enjoy, but what's coming up in the near future? So I'm really excited about this. With the podcast, I try to group, I do three series of 10 and, you know, beginning of the year, organizing your finances, but we're in the middle of our spring summer series and we're talking about travel, how to oh. save up to have some epic travel plans, but still keep it affordable. And I interviewed Justin from Ruta Good, and this is a family of five who have traveled the world. They've done Europe in nine weeks. They've gone to Thailand. They've been to the Bahamas for a month. And it's surprisingly affordable. I think we compared it to five days at Disney and his Bahama trips was cheaper than that. I'm excited about that. And then speaking of weddings, if you're thinking of a wedding gift, to help that couple that you care about. Pick up Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money. It talks about how to sync up because every couple is different on how they want to handle their finances. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, traveling this summer too. Man, it's the best weekend to talk about that with Memorial Day weekend here. I feel like it's the start of the travel season. Well, heck, we had Robert Niles, the theme park insider on uh, Monday. Here we go. Time to hit the road. So you can find that. Simplify and enjoy where finer podcasts are distributed, correct? Yep. We're all the major networks. Absolutely. Big thanks to everybody hanging out with us live here. Next week, we will be uh, recording live on Tuesday because of the fact that uh, we've got Memorial Day on Monday. That's going to do it for today. You got it from here, Diana. What should we have learned today? So what should we have learned today? First, listen to our roundtable. Planning a wedding? Find ways to increase the fun and lower the budget. You want a great party to celebrate, but not the financial hangover that many still have after the guests have left. Second, don't make my mistake. Put down the meat thermometer. It's a terrible wedding gift. Just write a check. But the big lesson? Love is dumb. It's a financial risk. It's unnecessary exposure. And that's why I've decided to move in with my current boyfriend and we're thinking about a wedding. I know, right? Take that, Doug. I'm clearly over you. Thanks to Elle for joining us today. You can find her podcast, Simplify and Enjoy, wherever finer podcasts are sold. Thanks to Len Penzo for joining us. You can find Len at lenpenzo.com. Thanks also to OG for joining us today. Looking for good financial planning help? Head to stackingbenjamins.com slash OG for his calendar. And when I'm not stacking Benjamins, I'm planning an epic party about money called the Economy Conference. Tickets for our next big bash are available now at economyconference.com. 
This show is the property of SB Podcast LLC, copyright 2022, and is written in part by Paulette Perhatch, who helps writers power their words, their work, and their earning potential with her Powerhouse Writers Coaching Program. Find out more at powerhousewriters.com. Thanks also to our team who made today possible. Karen Repine is our producer. Tina Eichenberg and Gertrude Smith are our social media mavens. And Brooke Miller handles the show notes and our amazing newsletter, The 201. Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. That's it for today. We'll see you back here on Monday on Stacking Benjamins. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. You know, we talked about the upsides of weddings, maybe making them less expensive and keeping the fun, but sometimes the fun gets a little awkward. And uh, as I mentioned with the family member's wedding where they set out uh, some hors d'oeuvres and the staff set them out ahead of time. And by the time the wedding party got there, the food was all gone. Sometimes there's these awkward moments at weddings that kind of make the wedding. And I found this BuzzFeed piece that goes over a few of them, but I thought maybe, maybe you guys, uh, L, Len, OG, Diana, you might remember some weddings you've been to where something maybe awkward happened, maybe something that uh, wasn't, I don't know, that maybe made, <laughs> made the wedding. The first one here on BuzzFeed, the bride's getting ready to walk down the aisle and the wrong song starts playing and the wedding coordinator turns completely a different shade because she realizes that they have the wrong song going and they can't make it, they can't make it right. Or a woman who set her veil on fire while they were lighting the unity candle, still had a veil covering her face, lifted it up to blow out the candle and it went through the flame and burned a hole in it. Or how about this one? Here's another one. I decided to quit drinking for three months prior to getting married. So by my wedding day, my tolerance was way down. We had a very generous bartender. I ended up getting so hammered. I don't remember the last half of my wedding. That is, that is not good. There are stories and photos of me laying on the floor, falling and spilling red wine all over my dress. I guess everyone agreed I need to leave the wedding early. So they got us a lift and got me out of there. That might not be, be great. Uh, when my brother got married, he forgot the wedding ring at his house. And I had to drive about a bajillion miles an hour back to his house, to his uh, sock drawer, actually, to grab the wedding ring and come back to the wedding. But I'm wondering, L, if there's a wedding you've been to, maybe that where you had a similar incident or had something out of the ordinary happen? I mean, I'm just thinking in a few, I know like when we got married, the thing we wanted to do was make sure that there was plenty of music for people to dance. And at the same time, the thing we least prepared was like those dances that everyone expects you to do. Oh yeah. And my brother and I could not agree. Cause he was, he and I did a dance 
we couldn't agree on the song. And in the end, it was like a Savage Garden song. We both <laughs> loved that. And we're like, oh, this is going to be great. And it was like, no, this is not the song you dance to. This is just. Oh, no. Yeah. It was one. Yeah, that that was one. And then I went to another and I was helping out with family. And my mom was so nervous. She's like, while you take care of this, I'll move your car. I don't even know why she had to move my car. And she just messed up my fender. I don't know how she was. I was like, did you drink? I mean, the wedding hasn't started yet. Uh, it's just, you know, all the stuff that goes wrong, it goes. But something about a wedding, you just kind of laugh it off and have fun. Len, you you already had your Cracker Jack moment, but any weddings you've been to that maybe went a little bit astray? I won't say, you know, who this is, what wedding this was, but there was the wedding where one of the gifts uh, that was set on the table before this was after, at the reception was a, a very nice bottle of uh, whiskey uh, with a customized, it was all customized for the bride and groom. One of the people that showed up, of course, ahead of the bride and groom to the reception, they saw that bottle and they just opened it up and drank about half that bottle before the bride and groom even got there. Oh my God, so, really? Yeah. So, which turned out to be not a very good thing for the person who actually put that together for the bride. Oh, they were no. not happy at all. I wouldn't be happy either. I can't imagine. <laughs> oh my God, that's horrible. Oh, gee, how about you? Can you beat that? Uh, no, but our our tradition in our family, for whatever reason, was that you got to totally mess with the new couple's vehicle at the hotel after they checked into their hotel basically. And it was always a game of like, who do you tell where you're going to stay so that you can, you know, cause if you tell somebody, they're like, Oh, you know, like at our wedding, it was really nice. Lissa's sister had a couple of subway sandwiches in the hotel, in the, in the refrigerator, in the hotel room and, you know, some champagne and whatever. We didn't eat much at our wedding because, you know, you're out dancing and you're talking to everybody and thanking them and stuff. And it's like you try to shovel some food in and then by one o'clock in the morning, you're starving again. So it was just really nice to have that. But it's a gamble. It's like, oh, do I tell somebody where we're going to be? So I remember we covered somebody's car completely in cellophane wrap, like the whole thing, an inch thick of cellophane. (laughs) We filled someone's with packing peanuts like oh no! To the roof. Oh, can you imagine having the shop vac out for days trying oh, to get shop that vac? Stuff? How do you get you? No, no, there's no shop vac. You're in a hotel parking lot. Oh how, man! Oh, <laughs> you're like I got it. How do I go to my? You know, because now you got to get your honeymoon, right? How do I get to my honeymoon? Okay, I got to get in the car, and I've got you know. So we had a big box of trash bags, you know, sitting on the hood of the car with a little note. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, 
there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.